Prepare to Attack is a collaboration between Mash Those Buttons, Wawa's Bootcamp, and Mayhem.gg. Visit MashThoseButtons.com to learn more about our shows. Visit Wawa's Bootcamp on Discord to get coaching on your favorite Overwatch characters. Visit Mayhem.gg for live coaching streams and VODs. Hey guys, it's Ja. Before the show started, I wanted to mention that the damage numbers for Torbjorn's turret in this episode are PC-centric. Uh, Torbjorn and Symmetra are unique characters in the aspect that they actually have different balancing on PC and console. So early in the life of Overwatch on console, Torbjorn and Symmetra got, both got nerfs to their turrets, but they got a little bit of a buff, but it's still not 100% the same. On console, Torbjorn's turret does 14 damage per round and 14 damage per rocket and on console it only does 12 damage per round and 12 damage per rocket so please keep that in mind when they start going over the the numbers on torbjord's turret thanks <laughs> Hello and welcome to Prepare to Attack, a podcast series that aims to improve your understanding of Overwatch and its characters. Today, we're here to talk about Torbjorn. And I am Bob Schistler, also known as Blazin' Bob, and I am joined by Frisk. Our Lucio coach has returned. What's up, Frisk? Hi, uh, so funny story, Bob. Uh, I remember the last episode that I said that I was a Lucio one trick. I remember that too. Well, uh, I, I lied to you, Bob. I'm so sorry. I actually have a, a guilty pleasure, and that pleasure is playing Tori on another account. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Well, we're excited to hear what, what you have to say about him. All right, so now that that's out of the way and people know that I like to play some Torbjorn on my side, let's get it down to business. All right, well, let's break it down. Let's move on to character overview. So we have Torb classified as a a builder. Uh, it's because he builds the turret, obviously. He's a projectile character, so... When he shoots, it has a travel time. His weapons are his one weapon. I guess he has two. He has the the rivet gun, primary fire, and secondary fire. He has the forge hammer. He has a turret. He has a scrap collector, and he has armor packs. And his ultimate is the molten core. So we're gonna get all into those here in a second. But why don't you start off by telling us the goals of Torbjorn? All right, so Torbjorn, from my own perspective, is that he is a defense hero. The game classifies himself as a defense hero as well, but he is also technically a little bit of support as well because of his passive ability of armor packs, which I'm going to go into later. But uh, basically, the goal of Torbjorn is hard work pays off. 
which which means that you gotta be uh, always on the constant of building up turrets on good positions, getting your ultimate extremely fast. As the Torbjorn's uh, turret does a wonderful job in making his uh, his uh, father so proud in destroying his enemies with the turret. Torbjorn cares yeah. so much about turrets that they're treated like children. But yeah, well, uh, uh, his enemies would beg to differ. They do not like that turret. They do not indeed. They always destroy the turrets. Think of the turrets, man. But uh, <clears throat> basically, the goal of Torbjorn is, is to manage a successful defense line and provide armor packs to his teammates in order to survive a little bit longer. All right, sweet. Well, let's, uh, let's break right into his weapon, and we'll talk about the rivet gun and the primary fire first. Why don't you give us a little something about that? All right, so the rivet gun. Uh, Torian has like a really uh, interesting piece of weapon because he has two types of fire. But, uh, but uh, like Bob said, we're gonna go for the fire uh, primary fire. So uh, first up, it's like an arching projectile. It's it's kind of fast. It, it's basically uh, you shoot it and then you look like a you make like a little arch. It's not gonna be a handsaw arrow or it's not gonna be like. A Lucia gun, it's gonna have uh, gravity which is gonna be affected by it. However, it's uh, actually quite strong. It does 70 per shot if you manage to get a hit. The reason for that is because it's actually a piece of lava. And Torbjorn's kid, he uses molten rocks and actual lava towards his enemies, which is kind of a little bit over excessive in my opinion. But hey, uh, we got a, a lot of diversity in the Overwatch hero pool. So, I mean, we got a, a giant scientist gorilla that saves people. So <laughs> I cannot complain for that. Uh, yeah, but the rate of fire is 0 0.6 seconds per round, which is actually quite fast. Uh, and like, if you, if, no, sorry, uh, per round, and it's 1.67 seconds per round. So it's kind of, uh, like I said, kind of fast, honestly. Like, you can make uh, good shots with it at an amazing speed, which is kind of actually pretty good for DPS. Be mean. I play him quite a bit, too. Usually defense on, like, first point of two CPs. Mm -hmm. And people underestimate that. I mean, I, I'll shoot it in the choke where I think their head's going to come around the corner. And if you get a headshot, I mean, that's massive damage. Yes, it is. Also, I forgot to mention that it has a ammo capacity of 18 shots, so you're going to have a while to have a lot of fun uh, basically shooting those little... Uh, people actually call them uh, pebbles as well because they look like little rocks you've been sh uh, shooting at them. Or, <laughs> or maybe if you get into the higher ranks and you meet the guys that play D.Va a lot, they call it the, the Cheeto Dispenser. I haven't heard that. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Makes sense, though. Yeah, because uh, sometimes they love the Cheetos. Uh, one bad thing about the weapon, though, is that it actually has uh, quite a punishing reload time compared to other uh, guns. It has a, a two seconds uh, reload animation, which can actually be crucial if you're uh, you're in trouble and they're starting to shoot at you. Two seconds can be a lot of basically a lot of time to just get yourself back into the battle. So make sure that you at least are safe when you, or keep in mind about your shots. Yeah, that's, I mean that's. I mean, two seconds doesn't sound like a lot, but in this game, like two seconds, that's two thirds of Mercy's cooldown for for Guardian Angel. So you definitely don't want to be reloading when she comes in for that res. Mm -hmm. 
just to kind of put it into perspective, someone could understand possibly. But yeah, it's a it's a pretty mean weapon. Uh, we can kind of talk about it as a whole in a second here, but let's go ahead and move on to the secondary fire. All right, so that's this is where the yeah, Torbjorn gets interesting. Secondary fire is actually type of a shotgun projectile, kind of like Torbjorn, and uh, it has a, basically it's gonna shoot fifteen bullets. At- oh no, I think it's it's uh, ten pellets per shot and they can do anywhere from six to 15 damage yeah you're right i'm i'm i apologize it's just that uh i've been having a lot of uh rough days recently as i've been playing a lot and <laughs> yeah well yeah didn't you uh aren't you on the leaderboard for torbjorn in the halloween junkenstein's revenge uh, un, uh, is it unlimited mode? Uh, un- yes, uh, it's yeah. on, on the expert. Actually, I got knocked out of it recently, so I got to claim my spot again. Oh, but no. Enough about that. Let's focus now where it's the real thing, and it's me <laughs> uh, actually talking about the character. He has a follow-up damage. It's 6, six to 15, and if it, since it's a shotgun projectile, it can almost melt a tank completely if you land your shots uh, extremely well. It's, it's really efficient to use in a close weapon, and it's mostly used as a type of a last resort. It has a projectile speed of 80 meters per second, and I forgot to mention that the, the primary fire has a 57. So basically, it has a larger spread, a, a larger distance, but it's not going to do a lot if it uh, basically you go farther. It has to be super close. Yeah, uh, it's got a pretty short damage f- uh, fall-off range of like... Between 7 and 20 meters, like after 20 meters, it doesn't even hit them. And then between 7 and 20, it kind of drops off. So would you say it's definitely something you want to use when they're right on top of you? Yeah, that is correct. The rate of fire on the weapon is 0.8 seconds, 0.2 seconds more than the the primary fire, which is actually pretty good, as 1.25 per rounds. So the ammo, since you're using the same gun, is going to be the same, 18 bullets. This time, however, even though it shoots like 10 pebbles, for some magical reason, it decides to shoot three three bullets actually out of the ammo box, which is kind of good. I guess that Torbjorn has like a really good mechanic for his weapon, consumes ammo for the more efficient way. And the reload time is also the two seconds. So again, keep the, that reload time into perspective because I'm going to go into it later. Yeah, but I mean... Like a full-on shot, if you get everything in there, just body can be a hundred and a hundred and fifty damage per shot. I mean, that's crazy. Uh, you can also basically what people like to call it one shot. If you land the critical headshots on it on almost every hero, and if you do it on a tank, you almost either melt them down completely to the half of their HP, or a little bit more, depending on which tank that you're playing against, but still, it's a really powerful weapon, and it actually charges a lot of your ultimate, which, uh, again, we will go forward later. All right, well, I have a question on that then, okay? Yeah. I normally kind of aim for the midsection because I'm so short on, on Torb. Do you have any tips for, like, how to get a right-click head uh head shot on like i go for the head with the primary fire but with the secondary fire it seems really hard like are you getting on top of something to shoot them or what are you doing uh so yeah actually it's kind of uh difficult to do so now that you mention it because 
And in order to practice that, in my perspective right now, is the perfect time because there is a Halloween event for that, the Junkenstein. And it's a perfect uh, target practice for Torbjorn to practice this uh, right click click the goals. But basically what I like to do is uh, there's uh, two situations. First thing is if if there's someone right on my face and I don't realize because I'm, I'm small, then I just try to hug them right in their face and basically try to jump and then uh, go for their he uh, head level because Torbjorn is, like you said, is a short character. So when you jump, you actually reach towards the, like if you were uh, on a regular character's height, the jump level is going to be on the regular character's height. So every time that you uh, shoot with your uh, heavy heavy shot, I like to jump because that is, makes it easier for it to land the critical shots. I'm going to try that. I've never tried that. Yeah, yeah uh, basically... Imagine yourself being Super Mario or something without the mushroom. But uh, that, that's pretty much it for my perspective on that. The second situation that uh, I feel like uh, a tech can work out is if you want to be offensive and do the unexpected, uh, make sure to also provide like a little bit of your own armor kit. And uh, you can go right into their face, except if you not, do not find a Reaper. But uh, if you have, if you have like a tank like a like a Reinhardt over there, you, you you can be sneaky and then you can just basically charge right in and then jump again with the jump mechanic and then just do the right clicks. Also, Torbjorn is one of the characters that have the ability to the flick of the wrist. What a lot of people would like to call it is when you're jumping. I mean, when you're shooting someone, and then suddenly you get that spider sense or the urge or something that you just move your mouse like a Widowmaker or something, and because you just spot someone, and then uh, as soon as you do the head, the movement, to do the shots, and there's a chance that you can land a lot of critical shots because of that. It's kind of like a more that once you practice enough Torbjorn or other characters or other games, you can do the spider sense, and that's another technique that I will say, but uh, that requires a little more skill. Yeah, it just requires a it just requires a lot of play. It's basically tapping into muscle memory. That is correct. And your brain basically takes control without you actually actively thinking about it. All right, so now we're gonna go ahead and go for his technically secondary weapon. Oh, okay. We're gonna move on to the forge hammer. Yeah, the forge hammer. So, a uh, fun thing about the forge hammer is that uh, it's mostly focused for healing your turrets since they do provide healing 50 per time you hit it. But you can also use it as a melee tool, which does 55 damage, which is actually not optimal to do, but it's more of a of an insulting way to defeat your enemy. <laughs> I, would I, would, say. I wouldn't recommend it unless you're really just destroying somebody. Exactly. So you want to tell them like, hey, look at me. I'm a Torbjorn main and I'm winning. I'm defeating you. Now I'm going to use my hammer on you just to show you my property. You're not part of my turret. Basically, it's not a good weapon for uh, offensive tools. It has a really short range. You cannot do criticals on it. And uh, the fire rate is 1.25 uh, swings per second, which is it's okay. But again, not optimal for Torbjorn at all. Since he doesn't have Reinhardt's hammer, it's not, it's not big, it's a, it's a tiny hammer, it's cute in some sort of way, but basically it's a way to insult your enemies if you want to just finish them off. It's only optimal to use if you already destroyed a, the team and then you see someone like trying to struggle to escape, you have it to be in the right face, then you can just hammer them right in the face. <laughs> 
And uh, did we did we cover on how much it actually heals your turret? Oh, sorry. I believe I did, but I'm going to go ahead and just in case. It does 50 per hit on the turret. And now we, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the turret uh, just yeah, right let's now. Just, let's just move into it. Yeah. But, but before we go, that, I'm just going to say that the hammer does not provide criticals. That's a big, important factor. So use your gun if you want to actually do more damage because the hammer won't do criticals. And that's a sad thing. You cannot hammer it in the you can hammer it in the face, but it's not gonna do effective like a gun. But now let's go ahead and do the turrets. Basically, Torbius half of the soul. Because if we had a turret, you're basically removing the half of the capabilities of Torian. So it's a it's a hit scan actually, which is pretty good and pretty uh, important if you want to deal with pesky Faras flying around or characters that are kind of hard to hit. It will lock on a single target, uh, uh, unless like the target goes uh, out of sight and then it's gonna look for another target or if the target is dead. The turret actually has three types of levels, which I'm gonna go right now into. It's uh, the first level, it's like kind of slow. It should slow. And and uh, that's the one that, that it just is in by default when you place it, right? That is correct. Like, good thing you mentioned that. So basically if you place down a turret, it's gonna be a level one turret which is small, it should slow, and it has a low HP of 150. It's basically a tracer, which is kind of quite uh, fragile, I dare say. So the best thing to do is to upgrade the turret as soon as possible, because after that, it's gonna shoot a lot faster. It's gonna have 300 HP, so it's basically kind of a tank, and it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be hefty. Okay, so since the hammer heals 50 per shot, does that mean that three clicks of the hammer works up the turret completely to level two? The turret takes approximately five times to hit in order yeah, I'm to... I'm feeling like it's five. Yeah, five times to hit at full HP, by the way. But that's just to upgrade it. Yes, that so is So if it's damaged down to 150 that's level two and you hit it three times, you'll work it back up to full. Basically, Torbjorn's kid prioritizes turret's health more than the upgrade. You know, uh, so if you want to upgrade your turret, you're going to have to have it on full HP. So yeah, for upgrade to level two is approximately five hits with the hammer. And all right, so it does 14, uh, in the PC version at least, it does 14 damage per round per bullet. For now, the fancy level three, which is Actually, yeah, we could just yeah, we can talk about the turret defensive level three when we get to the ultimate because it might be a little confusing when we're just talking about the basics of the turret. You're right. So I'm gonna go ahead into that later. But basically, it does 14 per launch. It has actually quite a good range. It has a 40 meters for everything. It can be on height. It can be on a straight line. It could be from the 360 angle. It has a pretty good. Uh, That's a long range. It's a really long range. It could be like a sniper almost. Yeah, and it, and it is hit. It is hit scanned. So, and it's you know level one and level two form. It is hit. It is it is just hit scanned, and it can drive tracers and and Farah's nuts. Exactly, and that's what we'll try. They will try to focus you down your turret. So as soon as you place down a single turret, it's gonna have a eight second cooldown. So. Keep in mind that if you build on a level one turret and they get destroyed immediately, you're you're gonna be in a pickle for a little bit. So you better find yourself some cover and look for someone to help you escape because then you're gonna be fragile. But if the situation goes grim, then you can try to perform one of those 
flick of the wrist or uh, shooting some Cheetos right in the, into your enemy's faces. The duration of the turret is actually infinite until it gets destroyed, or if you want to replace the location of a turret, it will destroy the turret and it's going to reset to level 1. So if you have a level 2 turret that is not doing a lot anymore and you want to replace the location, you're going to have to destroy, uh, it's going to destroy your level 2 and it's going to start on level 1. My very first time playing Torb, I think I'd played like a half an hour of the game. He was the second character I tried because he looked funny. Mm-hmm. And I literally thought that I was placing turrets all over the map. And I didn't even know that I could hammer it to like work it up. I mm-hmm. just literally was walking around placing turrets, not realizing the turret that I was placing before. It took like four times bid to till I was like, oh, it's deleting the other one. Yeah, it would have been actually quite mayhem if Torben had the ability to place six turrets like Symmetra or something. That would have been a little bit too crazy, I would dare say. Now, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that have done that mode, and they they make it so you could have six, and you could pick as you could pick any character, and they'll do six Torbs and just destroy it. It, it depends. So, yeah, that's a little bit controversial because you're sacrificing a lot of a potential, uh, you know, uh, healing uh, another armor hero. man. I mean, six six armor dispensers. <laughs> all right, but we're getting we're sorry we're getting off task. Let's let's get back on it. My bad. It's all right. But uh, now we're going to go ahead and talk about his passive. Hold, oh. Hold on, though. The turret's a pretty big one. Let's talk about placement of the turret and mid-fight placement of the, of the turret. So, oh. like, setting up, let's talk about setting up the turret prior to the fight. All right. So, you're right. So, I was actually going to go into that into tips and locations. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, then let's go ahead and just move on to Scrap Collector. Yeah, uh, I apologize for that, but I, I, I had like uh, <laughs> I, I had a plan, all plan like like, like that. But uh, okay, cool. Yeah, no problem. No problem. I like to build things you're that are the life. expert, my friend. I'm just here to help you along. You're right, and you're the action nice guy for getting me here again. So I appreciate it. But all right, let's get now into topic. Now we're gonna go talk about his passive ability, the scrap collector. Torbjorn has the wonderful eyes to see things that fallen enemies. And allies sometimes drop when uh, they're defeated. Uh, no other hero can see them, and that is pieces of scrap. Now, actually, Torbjorn also has a passive ability that he generates scrap himself every, every 0.1 seconds. And you can have up to uh, 200 scrap. Now, every time that you collect, uh, you find like scrap, which is kind of, they look like gears spinning around, you gain 15. And you're going to be seeing a lot of that. And that is. And that scrap is really crucial because that's the thing that allows you to make what I'm going to be talking about next, the armor packs. Now, the armor packs, basically every time that you throw uh, one, it's going, to be, it's going to look like a little, uh, like a little shield from Borderlands, uh, another game that I like to play on my, on my spare time. But yeah, it's, it's a little yellow shield. It's a yellow shield and it's very noticeable, but it's, sometimes people don't see them. You can might as well call them out. They provide 75 armor to any hero that picks it up, which is actually kind of good. It's it's three bars of HP for free, and it can. Now, be... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no. Uh, all right, sorry. It actually, it, it is a projectile, so it's a it goes from 12 meters when you throw it. And you could launch those. I've launched them like across a point, and and actually. It's a small mini game if you're trying to hit one of your one of your teammates with it. 
So if the tank's down low and I'm up high, I'm trying to arc it to shoot it at the tank so it hits him and he doesn't even have to grab it. Basically, I will there say that I would, I would like to guard the Tobian armor packs trick shots. You can do trick yep. shots with it, with it like it's a so fun. <laughs> it is fun and they actually bounce off walls. So that's why I like to call them trick shots. They can actually bounce off walls and they, you can do some really cool... Off the wall, off the payload, off the floor... On to Reinhardt. Yeah. So basically, it's kind of crucial actually how you draw your armor sometimes because that let's say that your Reinhardt is almost on one HP, and so if he manages to if you manage to throw it out at the right second, he can get a little bit of extra armor, which may save his life, and it can also apply to everyone. But uh, again, uh, basically, it's gonna use fifty scrap, which is kind of expensive. But it, basically, when you have a full 200 ammo of scrap, you can draw four ammo packs. And if you're doing your battles correctly, you're going to be regaining that baby in no time. Also, fun fact to mention, uh, sometimes your turret has a chance of dropping scrap itself. So if, if it gets destroyed by the enemy, you can actually get some scrap out of it. That's a little really? fun fact. Yes. Huh. Interesting. Uh, another thing we might note is it does, it does not stack. Uh, that, so uh, that is correct. So does it stack if you're doing if you have two torbs like a Symmetra ultimate would stack? I believe no. I believe it doesn't stack because then that will be chaos. Yeah, if you lose just if you lose just one armor though, you would take an armor pack and replenish it over someone else. So if you're not playing torb, be careful not to take an armor pack if you have seventy armor. Be careful not to take an armor pack that someone on your team could have got a lot more use out of. That is correct. Basically, if you see yourself getting a little bit hurt, uh, my recommendation is to basically uh, use all your armor first, and then you can get the packs back. That way you can uh, <clears throat> keep in mind the supplies, because Torbjorn, while he generates them, supplies might not last, depending if you're abusing the armor pack system, and you're going to be like, Oh, I got a hit. I got like scrapped. I got I got one that one less damage. I just use an armor pack. Keep keep that in mind because that armor pack could have been used for someone else, and maybe your mercy needed it at the right moment, but it was not there. It was not there anymore, and then she died because of that. So again, keep it keep it in mind. Use all your armor pack first, and then you can pick up the the other ones. That is my recommendation. Now, now we're gonna go to the spicy stuff, which is molten core. That is. Torbjorn's ultimate ability. Now, Molten Core, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? If you play a lot of Blizzard games. Uh, uh, Bob, don't you play a lot of Blizzard games yourself? I do. And Molten Core was the, uh, was the first raid I did in, in Vanilla WoW. That is correct. It's actually inspired by one of the World of Warcraft's uh, first raids uh, dungeons. So what it does is... All right, and hear me out because it's actually going to be quite interesting. All right, all ears. Basically, as soon as you press Q, you're going to go into Super Saiyan mode. And what it does... <laughs> yeah, basically, he's going to go... Uh, he's going to gel. He's going to gel Montreal Core, or depending on the skin, if you have holiday ones, it, it's going to have a special voice now. But anyways, it gives you 300 extra ammo, uh, armor sorry, of, of HP, which is basically quite a lot. And you become attached yourself when you use more than court. Oh, yeah. It's mean. It also, it also gives armor to your turret and uh, brings your turret up to 800 health. 
I was actually going to go into that for a little bit. I was going to talk about the personal. Uh, the- oh, wait, cool, cool. Sorry about that. Sorry, it- spoilers. Spoilers, Bob. <laughs> My bad. It's all right. Uh, so the rate of fire gets in- of torment gets increased by fifty percent. That means that you can shoot Cheetos at like a, in a in a rape party. You're gonna be like Cheetos for everyone. Or <laughs> or if you want to check out the mean guns with the shotgun, you can shoot a lot faster. The duration of modern court is 12 seconds, so it doesn't last that long. That's a long time, though, dude. 12 seconds. It is long. It's not long compared to uh, Mercy's Valkyrie, in my honest opinion. Yeah, hopefully that gets nerfed, but that's another (laughs) subject. Yeah, that is another subject I'm going to go into later. But uh, basically, 12 seconds, which can actually be quite a lot for for, an enemy push. It basically, uh, it is kind of a, actually kind of a short ultimate charge, because... uh, Torbjorn's uh, ultimate kit can recharge really fast if he uses his turrets correctly. And that my priority is to basically get my ultimate extremely fast with Torbjorn. Now, fun fact now about the ultimate is that if you have a turret alive, well, guess what? It's going to get to upgrade itself no matter where you are. That means that, it, for example, if, if, you, if you die, but your turret is still fighting strong, you can actually use Super Saiyan mode and then you're going to get your inner engineering skills sent through magic and it's going to go right into your turret where it's located and it's going to go to a whooping level 3. Now, what does the level 3 sound like? It sounds like it has 800 HP. More HP than tanks. What is this? Now, Uh, hold on though. That's 500 armor though, right? It's 500 armor and 300 health. Or is it just all health? It's all health on, on the, on the okay, turret. It's all, it's all health on the turret. Okay, that's that's a good point. I thought it was armor too. Actually, now that I think about it, uh, now that it makes... It, it's actually a good question. Why is it, is it HP, not armor? It's made of metal, right? Yeah. That, that's a good question. I know, Torb, I know Torb gets the armor. I know that for sure because I'm always playing Torb, but I guess I don't really look at the turret much. And when I'm playing against a turret... I don't try and take out an ulting turret. I just try and hide. That can be depending on the situation, which which I'm going to go into later. In a in a you know solo play competitive ladder situation, best bet is probably for everybody to hide because most people aren't going to focus it quick you know quick enough. Like if you're on a competitive team, yeah, you could do something a little different. But yeah, you're right. General tip. <laughs> All right, so uh, again, uh, the turret, uh, the turrets actually are HP bars. That means that they don't have the little uh, protection that armor usually has. It's not resistant. It's basically HP. So if you have a tracer with you on the, uh, if you, the there's, there's an enemy tracer, a balsam can do massive damage to your turret, and it can get destroyed easily. Some people, some tracers like to use false bomb for an ulting turret, which can be a pretty good way to destroy that. It also shoots extremely fast at the same damage, but it also uh, unlocks uh, missile projectiles. It shoots like diva missile projectiles and at uh, some random rate, probably like three seconds each. Yes, that is right. Three seconds, at every three seconds, it's gonna shoot rockets. And it's gonna, they're gonna, they can do massive damage, so, uh, but they're projectiles, so that, that means that they can be dodged. But if, if the enemy just stands still like a Reinhardt and he doesn't realize it, he's gonna get melted, son. It's going to get melted like an ice cream. Yeah, you know what's crazy? Is that until I made these show notes, I did not know that the ulting turret had rockets. I really had never noticed that. 
because it's so crazy when it gets turned on, you're just getting ripped up. And if you're Torb, you're trying to kill the other people. You're not looking at, you're not looking at your turret. Exactly. I never knew that it did rockets too. It, it, it does rockets. It goes full ham. It goes full Rambo over <laughs> there. All right. So now I'm going to go ahead and talk about the strengths. Um, and oh, what were you going to say? Uh, real quick though. There was one more thing. Uh, with the with the turret, does that does that change the range? No, it doesn't. The range is always forty. Yeah, the range. No matter what it is, the range is already it's a way too generous. And uh, in my honest opinion, and I'm happy that it stays the same range because it, again, it is actually quite large. And an old team to earth is actually gonna be like a, it's gonna be like a soldier shooting at you with tactical visor a little bit. Unless you find yourself in cover. Yeah, because it doesn't miss. So, it's crazy. All right, and let's go ahead now and move on to strengths and weaknesses. All right, so the strengths of Torbjorn. Here we go. So, Torbjorn is an excellent defense character, in my honest opinion. He can be quite both himself. He can be a tank if he provides his armor packs correctly to himself and to his teammates as well. It's, he's the only hero that has the capability to give armor to other heroes. That is a major strength. Another strength of his is that his main gun is actually quite a punch kicker. And uh, it can be as strong as a Reaper gun sometimes if you get yourself into those, those situations. So Torbjorn is a good DPS. He is a, a DPS. He, he is also uh, uh, kind of a tank a little bit and a little bit of support. So he's kind of three roles. In, in, actually, all the four roles, now that I think about it. He is a, a little bit offensive. He is defensive. He is support. And he can, he can kick your butt. Yeah, d yeah, if you do it right. I mean, normally when I play Torb, I usually only do play him first point on two CP on D, but... I mean, I'm definitely in the lead with damage by the time they get through the first point. And usually by the end of the game, he gets such a lead on 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 damage that most people can't catch up if you're running a standard 2-2-2 comp. Yeah. Now that you mention it, though, Bob, about uh, 2 CP, is I'm going to go ahead and actually talk about the witnesses about that. So, okay. unfortunately, Torbjorn's uh, map pool, it, it can be quite different because Torbjorn's kid is kind of a little bit on a standstill position because the turrets themselves, they cannot move. Once you place down a turret, they don't have, they don't have legs. They're not bastions. So <laughs> basically Torbjorn's map pool relies a lot on being in, in a defensive hole, in a defensive position. And the only maps that I see that kind of working on are in certain maps such as Two CP maps like Hanamura, Space, uh, Lunar Horizon, and Anubis. And mostly, as you said, it can be mostly used for the first point itself because uh, the first point is usually designed to have the more the more uh, variation for the characters to have like a chance of defending themselves with the high ground and basically a lot of walls to cover. And the second point is actually a little bit more open most of the time. Uh, in Lunar Horizon and then and also a little bit in, in all the maps of 2CP because basically if you get yourself destroyed as Torbjorn on the on just the first point on the on the 2CP map 
it's actually wiser to change into another character uh, yep. maybe of a better role in order to sustain the last hole in the second point. It's very similar, in my opinion, to to Symmetra. Like, there's not really a whole good point. She's great on 2 CP to start the map. If you use her as a secondary support with a Mercy is like the main or an Anna is the main, but yeah. I'm not a big fan of her after you lose that first point. And, I mean, you also should say, I mean... Like hybrid maps too, Torb's pretty good on that on on that first point. You're right. I completely forgot about that. Torb is an excellent hero to use on a defense hybrid map in Icon Wall in in Hollywood because uh, Hollywood has a nice little platform. But uh, <laughs> yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually go into a little pro tip later, uh, later for that. Basically, Torin is a perfect candidate for like a first defense uh, push. Now we're talking a little bit about more weaknesses. So, you know that Torbjorn is a short character. Well, unfortunately for that, uh, Torbjorn's uh, body proportions, his head takes kind of like 30% or 40% of like the character model himself. And That's a good I, point. And that means that he has a large crate box, which is... Yeah, I didn't ever think about that. Basically, that means that most likely characters uh, will try to shoot you in the head and you're pretty easy to get critical hits on. So you are kind of a, a fragile character as well. So even DPS that don't do what they're supposed to do, which is always aiming at the head, they're going to be aiming at the body, which is your head spot. That, that, is, pretty, that is pretty much. So I never thought about that. Unless you're on your back. In that way, because Torbjorn has like a little bit of a hump. So I don't know if you realize that, but that actually being on your back if you want to run away from a DPS is a better option. Basically, if you're in a pickle, turn back and run. But, run, Torb, uh, run. Run, Torbjorn. But uh, yeah, uh, so it's kind of bad. Basically, <clears throat> careful because keep in mind you have a really large uh, trip box. It's not as large as Divas, but it is basically almost as the second largest uh, character crit box in the game. Another strength, actually, no, I'm going to go ahead and talk about some fun little pro tips. So, Torian, ironically, is best friends with Senyata. And you know why I mean that? And Symmetra. Wow. Because uh, armor takes priority in the HP system than shields. So what I'm trying to say is that uh, if you give your armor pack to a Senyata, you're, you're going to have your first two HP bars that he has like 50, then it's going to go armor instead of like uh, right next to your shields. So basically you're probably Senyata like a, like a, another method of security. And since shields regener uh, regenerate a lot of time, basically uh, Senyata's going to first receive damage to his shield and he's going to have that extra 75 HP for a while. And... He works extremely well in, if you want to be a cheesy composition, with Symmetra. He works extremely well with Symmetra, especially, oh, yeah, with, especially when they have a shield generator. If you provide armor packs plus shield generator to your teammates, oh boy, oh boy, that's going to be a tough thing to deal with because you can basically uh, give a combination of an extra 150 HP to every single hero in the game. That makes them as tank, a little bit tanky as a Saria. 
And, and oh, yeah, I, I forgot to mention, you can also get it to Saria. Yeah, Symmetra, Torb, or Orissa could be pretty mean. Oh, like, yeah. And when you're, and I don't know if you would agree with this, but when you're using a Torb and an Orissa, the Orissa's shield is for Torb's turret. And you want that kind of in the back, away from the rest of everybody else, so that that is a, another pocket of, of another scary pocket that the, offense, the offensive team has to deal with. And it makes it extremely hard for them to choose to go for the pack, you know, the, the group of everybody, or to go for the Arissa Torb. So would you agree with that? That it's a, you know, it's a, that Arissa should be prioritizing the shield on the turret? Or? I, I actually will say that I agree. The reason, oh, cool. for, the, the reason for that is uh, since uh, the turret is going to do a custom DPS and it's an excellent tool for defense, Orisa and Torbjorn also do a wonderful job at being, as being like uh, <clears throat> side guards and the guards of the point of it. Like, so basically now they have to deal with this Orisa shield, which is an, a nice uh, 900 HP, wasn't it? Uh, yep, yep, 900. Basically, you can have a turret with 300 HP right behind a uh, 900 HP, and you cannot shoot at the turret because it's being protected by Orisa, and it works extremely well in like in those little tight corners. So you can basically protect your turret almost like 80% of the area if you put the, on the on the right locations, like in the in the in the edges of the map, like when there's walls around. Uh, Actually, I'm going to go ahead and talk about uh, some final ta uh, final things about Torian. Well, here, before you do that, oh. I want to kind of cover uh, something I don't think we covered. I want to cover dropping your turret mid-fight. Say you're, oh, you're mid, right. like mid-team mid fight, your turret's been destroyed. Like, should you drop it, try and work it up? Should you drop it, jump at the fight? I want to talk about that type of priority. That, uh, you're right. I completely forgot about that. Shame on me. And you're going to call myself a Torbjorn guy? Hey, That's what I'm here for, to help to help the master, you know, concise, uh, get concise with his thoughts. I think I'm going to promote you to master soon, Master Torbjorn. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say what you were saying. So, <clears throat> turret placements and when it gets destroyed. Basically, let's say that you're in the middle of a, of a huge fight and then your turret gets destroyed in the middle of it. What you can do is you can actually use your turret as a kind of a bait tactic because as soon as your turret gets destroyed and if you did it, uh, your placements, I mean, if you did uh, had a level two turret for a while, you're going to have the level one turret immediately. You can use it as a retreating tool because placing down a turret is instantly. So as soon as you press the button and then you uh, press where you want to place it, it's going to be placed immediately. And sometimes characters are going to be, uh, the enemies are going to be focusing on that turret because it's, it's an annoyance. And it gives you like a, a method to basically try to run away to safety or to next or to a tactical re retreat. Another thing I want to mention basically is that if you want to get your ultimate extremely fast, <clears throat> make sure that your turret is level two and it's in a good location because you're going to build the ultimate extremely fast. Oh, that's another thing. Yes, that the, the Torius uh, ultimate kit, if you have your turret alive, is one of the fastest charging ultimates in the game. Depending as it does a lot of custom damage, and I had cases that I got my uh, my ultimate in the first thirty seconds of the match. 
because people were not focusing at all on my turret and I got my ultimate yep. extremely fast and then that made us win the, the defensive push that you that probably were hit some primary fire head shots as well which charge it pretty fast something mm-hmm. I just thought of that so say you don't have a turret up it's a oh crap situation fights going bad it's three versus four you're the three you might be able to because you're probably if you lose the point you're probably going to change off of torb anyhow you have your ult you can drop your your you could drop your turret pop ult and then your hammer swings at a really fast rate i don't know what the hammer swings at but it's extremely fast compared to what it is I'm guessing 50% faster because the fire rate's 50% faster. I'm guessing the hammer goes at uh, half of 1.25 swings per second. So you can work your turret up extremely quick up to ultimate status. Actually, now that you mention it as well, is that uh, a fun little fact is that when you're using multi-core, and as you said, and you brought a good point, is that the hammer speed gets faster. So, it, by the way, I believe it's 0. Uh, 0.25 per hammer swing. That time. Uh, oh wow! So it's even more than fifty percent. Then I believe so because it's it's like extremely fast. But I yeah, it's like tink 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 is all I can describe it as. Yeah, uh, and th- thank you for me- uh, mentioning that up because I forgot something very crucial is that if you have a level one turret while you're using molten core, you can upgrade that level one turret to level three immediately because uh, Torben's ability, what it does is that it automatically makes the level two turret a level three during the ultimate. So if you want to build up the turret really fast, you can also use it as a method to just uh, build the turret at uh, an alarming speed rate. So yeah. basically it's going to be like, Molten Core! Swing, 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 level three. Shoot rockets and destroy my enemies. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And... Uh... Right before we go to cl- to the final thoughts, I wanted to point out a common a common mistake that I see a lot. So, if you've lost your turret and you drop a new a new one, if there's a team fight going on, if there's anyone to shoot at, if you try to hammer and work that turret up, you are definitely going to be doing far less DPS than you could be doing with just a level one turret and shooting your gun, either primary or or secondary fire. So if there's a team fight going on, unless you guys are handily, I mean, I can't really think of a situation where you're going to want to, unless you have molten core, I can't think of a situation where you're going to want to upgrade that turret while the team fight's going on. Actually, Bob, you're completely right again. Uh, I should be calling you master this time. Uh, I'm sorry for my. I do. I, I do have actually Torbjorn's the stats on overbuff uh, that you'll see that I'm in the top like one to three percentile of everybody on overbuff, and it's because I use him in opportune times only. So it's a little bit of a cheat, but I do have really good stats with Torb because I just. Use the opportunities, play him when I have an Arisa, yada, yada, yada. I always use him when it's a good idea to use him. Yeah. Uh, so, but again, yeah, you're right, uh, Bob. Basically, if there's a big team fight going on, um, I would suggest just place that on a level one turret and go ahead and help your fellow teammates into the battle with your gun 
because as you said, you could do extremely more DPS. And also it's most likely that a lot of the DPS are gonna be focusing on your turret after you place on level one turret. And it's not gonna give you no time at all during the team fight to do a level, a level two turret. Yeah, and half the time they're going to be focusing that and they're going to accidentally hit you and they might kill you too, you know? Exactly. So it's better off to basically charge into the battle and try to land as many right clicks and, and provide Cheetos to the everyone as well in order to get that ultimate. And if I you happen to get... Cheetos. Yeah. And if you do get multiple core, you can also just use that and in that team fight to focus on your primary DPS. I mean, not a, your secondary DPS, which is the gun. Uh, another final thing is though, I want to mention is that I know that we discussed that Torion is um, mostly worked as a defense character for uh, 2CP maps and certain hybrid maps. But uh, the, in Grandmaster, you'd be surprised that I see a lot of Torbjorn one tricks. Basically, it's like yeah. um, me uh, as a Lucian one trick. You're going to see awesome Torbjorns. And that means that Torbjorn one tricks are going to be playing on, on all types of maps. And uh, it's more controversial nowadays because most people will try to label that Torbjorn as a drawer because people feel like he's not going to do optimal enough uh, because he is uh, kind of not designed for those maps. However, however, I my 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 thought about this is that, uh, hey, they made it to Grandmaster, to, to the only using Torbjorn. Yep. They've focused on learning every aspect of that character there's bastion mains there too i mean you can do it with any character you can do but, it with any character that's correct but it's they've i mean they've played hundreds of hours on that one character they know every map where they should be what's good turret placement i wouldn't recommend it for the average player that is correct so basically uh if you feel yourself like to want to be the inspiring Torium main, I suggest to look at a lot of uh, guides on professional Torbians, such as Fuey 500. As, as, that's one of them I can just think of right now. He does a lot of uh, streams as well. Enough about that. That's the only guy that I personally be believe on his Torbian skills that I see on my career. Again, Torbian can work on all the maps, but that requires a lot of research, a lot of practice, a lot and a lot of a uh, flick of the wrist with the right clicks and perform yourself representing being the mean little uh, anger management uh, Swedish man. So and it, it mm -hmm. does also take a lot of your team playing with you correctly and protecting your turret and stuff like that. And if you're down in like gold and you pick Torb on, on, on attack, most likely one or two teammates are, are going to just start to play in a throwing nature and it's just going to hurt you more than it helps you. Exactly. Uh, unless you've done amazing on it, the, you know, the defense before maybe if you want to do it, I would just recommend talking to your team and telling them, give, give me a chance. And if they're cool with it, cool, then you might do it. I mean, I've won games with not personally playing Torb for a while, like on like payload attack and stuff like that and control. But I've seen Torbs beat me and I've had Torbs on my team and we've done well with. So, you know, it's just kind of, it's something like picking Hanzo. Like it's going to piss, it's going to piss people off and you kind of have to sell it if you want to play it. Because if the other five people on your team don't play, 
you're going to lose. That is correct. Uh, so I, was, I have something else to say, actually. Completely, completely forgot. Uh, help me here, Bob. Help and me. We're closing with, you know, his ultimate, and you were talking about his Cheetos, and you were talking about... Oh, yeah, I remember now. Actually, awesome. uh, I'm going to be talking a little of uh, fun fact lore for those that actually love the story of Overwatch. Oh, cool. Uh, I will say that technically, uh, Torian is the father of Bastion. No. And yes. If, if on the official Blizzard comics, as uh, Icon Wall was released, they released a story of Bastion, and it's revealed that uh, Torian was going to be the one dealing with that issue because people were very scared of the Bastion. And one of the uh, one of the government characters in Germany just said that uh, he was the one responsible for the design of Bastions. So that technically makes. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay. That, that, okay, that, I got gotcha. you. Basically, it's ironic that now there's Torbjorn that has a history of kind of hating on Omnics. He can actually work really well with Omnic characters. He can work well with Senyata. He can work well with Bastion. We can work well with Orisa. It's extremely ironic. That but, is uh, funny. That is that is really funny. And yeah, yeah, Torb has designed quite a bit. He designed Reinhardt's armor too. He designed Reinhardt's armor. He designed his kid. He inspired or the creation of Orisa as well. He 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 has a huge influence in the Overwatch universe. He really does. Yeah. You know, everybody always underestimates the engineer. Mm-hmm. That is correct. That is correct. That is extreme buzzline, and they always underestimate the engineer. But in overall, my perspective is, if you want to practice your Torbjorn, now it's the time to do it with Junkenstein's Halloween. It's the perfect practice for to uh, Torbjorn to basically get the feel of him, play, uh, learn some turret placements, the, the ide ideology of it. The, the way to coordinate ultimates with it, landing some critical shots. Basically, if you're going to be playing Junkenstein, Torbjorn is actually one of the best characters to play. He is almost crucial in the higher difficulties in the composition. He is oh, crucial. You know what I just thought about, though? Dang what? it. This episode is going to come out after it's over. Oh, no! Really? Yeah, this is, yeah, this is batch four. It's going to come out. It's going to come out uh, just right after it's over. It's going to come out basically the day after BlizzCon. Uh, Bob, you should have told me that. No, I uh, didn't even think about it until just now. I mean, we can see if Jock ja can cut it out, but oh, well, either way, it'll be something someone can think about later. <laughs> but uh, yeah, basically, they're going to bring it back. So next year. They're gonna bring it back next year, or if the, some for some time they decide to actually leave it on custom game modes, which currently you can do custom game modes with Junkenstein. I yeah, don't know. That's new, so they might leave it in custom, and if they do, then it's be it'll be a great place to practice. It will be a great. That's place. a good point. They, they, it's gonna be a great place to practice not only Torium, but you can also practice your head scans, as you know you're gonna you're gonna have a good old hero selection of tools with it and. It's a, basically a perfect coordination to practice on your team play, on your ultimate uh, synergy, and just the communication as well. So my recommendation, again, is that if you want to get yourself to be one of the best Torbins in the Overwatch community, is uh, a good way to practice is on uh, Jugendstein's Revenge. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, 
We're going to move on to closing out the show. It's been a great episode. Uh, I'd encourage our audience to, if you have any questions, comments, or just want to talk to us, go ahead and email us at contact at prepare to attack.com. Uh, I'd like to send this over to Frist to talk about Wawa's boot camp and mayhem.gg. All right. So, Wawa's boot camp, uh, this is the organization where I'm from. Basically, we are a community that provide free coaching to all Overwatch uh, students or players free of charge. I mean, so we do it out of passion for the game and we do it just to provide a, a good friendly environment and actually teach students the way to, so they can climb out of, out of Edo hell, which I personally believe it doesn't exist. It's just that uh, if you believe in yourself, you're gonna climb. But if you wanna get yourself into coaching from a higher perspective, uh, because we have over 400 coaches and grandmasters and some top 500, top, uh, top 500 players as well. We provide uh, some ideas on all types of heroes, even Torbjorn. We have a few Torbjorn coaches in Wawa's Bootcamp, so if you want to check that out, uh, make sure to go for wawasbootcamp.com. You can also find them out on Facebook. You can also find them on Twitter at Wawa's Bootcamp. And you can also go ahead and check out their Twitch channel, which they have. Uh, right now, we have a dedicated streamer at one of the top 10 uh, tank mains in a European region is doing daily, almost daily streams. And he's teaching uh, students who watch the, uh, how to play like Saria. He can play uh, Reinhardt. He can play Diva. He is quite an awesome uh, guy. His name is. A10 or B10, depending on his Smurf account, but he, his name is A10. And also we have like some special holiday events. We have tournaments, which you can check out at whatwasbooking.com. We provide uh, daily pucks so that coaches and students play with each other. And yeah, that's for what that's, uh, that's spelled W-A-W-A-S bootcamp.com. That is correct. Also, now I'm going to go ahead and talk about uh, Mayhem.gg. It's actually our dedicated software that we use and what was welcome to coach uh, students as it is a tool to provide live, live bot reviews. That means that uh, imagine yourself being on Twitch on a live stream, but uh, being more engaged towards the actual uh, guy who is hosting the live stream. That means that you can actually talk to him all in browser, you can provide him a video and he will he will be able to watch the video with you and everyone everyone in the same room. You're gonna be able to draw around it, you're gonna be able to spot it, you're gonna rewind it. You can also basically has a nice selection of tools to show you some map callouts for the game of Overwatch. And also we are a little bit as I mean not me, sorry, the guys at Mayhem.gg. Uh they are also trying to uh they're experimenting with new games as well, such as uh uh StarCraft, Minecraft, and a lot of other games as well. It's a growing it's a stable growing platform and there's a lot of big upgrades going on. And we provide uh was Wookiee, we love that tool because it, it's one of the best tools that we can use in order to analyze uh your gameplay in point out the things that you could have done better or the things that we actually did like and see you perform and do a lot more. Yeah, and you can go there. You could also check out VOD, VOD reviews from other coaches that have left them on, left them on there. You can, you can, you can follow coaches that you like. It's a really cool thing. So I'd encourage everybody to check out mayhem.gg. 
Uh, if you're interested in hearing more from me or Ja, the guy, the the other guy that does these episodes, you can find us on Watchpoint Radio. It's a weekly news podcast for Overwatch and its community, and we live stream every Tuesday night at eight o'clock Central Standard Time, and it is out on your podcatchers every Wednesday. And you can you can find us there. You can find me at blazon underscore Bob. That's B L A Z Z I N underscore B O B on Twitter. You can find me on Twitch at blazon Bob. And where can we find you, Frisk? All right. If you're interested in learning about some tiny little th- things about my secret character Torian, uh, you can check me out on Twitch.tv slash JP Likes Games. Uh, basically, I like to game a lot. I'm a game design major myself. And uh, basically, I like to play mostly Overwatch on my streams, but I can also play a little bit of Counter-Strike Global Offensive, Rocket League in the side gigs. Also, you can check me out on Twitter at JPLikesGames. And uh, another thing I want to mention, though, is that uh, I'm actually competing for uh, Overwatch uh, Co- Collegiate Series, which is also known for TESPA. And I'm currently a student of the University of Central Florida. And it's a tournament that is hosted by official Blizzard himself. So if you, if you want to see or if you want to attempt to see us or my team into action, you can check out uh, Blizzard's Twitch page or on TESPA.org. You can find yep. that out more about that as well. It's, uh, it's twitch.tv slash Blizzard. I was watching it yesterday. Oh, uh, you were? Awesome. Yep, but uh, uh, we were not playing there. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, you'll have to. I didn't. Re- I didn't realize that your scholarship was on that channel. You'll have to tell me. Uh, you, you'll have to tell me when you're on because I would love to watch that. I have a video of it if you want to watch it right now as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think after this, aren't we doing my uh, Lucio Vod review? Yeah, that that is correct. And we're gonna be go ahead and be coaching you on that. All right. Well. Uh, did you have any other social uh, social media you wanted to plug? Are you good? Honestly, I believe I'm good myself. So that's going to be y'all. Twitch.tv slash JPLexGames and Twitter at JPLexGames. All right. And uh, I would like to thank Have Luck Good Fun for letting us use Sounds Like Overwatch as the show theme. I'd like to encourage any listeners to please get on iTunes and give us a review. We would prefer a five star, but if you don't feel that it was worth five stars, give us whatever you want and give us some positive feedback to change the show. We would love to make it better for you. And with that, I'm going to say thank you, Frisk, for coming on again. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me again over here. And it's actually my pleasure to be here and go ahead and let out my inner Torbjorn experience. Hear me, baby? All together. I'm on fire. <laughs> yeah.